Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revival, emo emo violence, even ska. We're We're here here to to help. help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council, just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? Forgive me for running off the fine and the one thing I have to do Uh, welcome to another episode of Washed Up Emo. Today, you're going to have to hear my voice. Uh, Ray Harkins from 100 Words or Less came to New York City. We hung out and spoke about hardcore, screamo, a little Bernie Sanders, and why we do our shows. So hopefully you enjoy the story. This episode is sponsored by Epitaph Records and the release Harmlessness from The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. Some call it a classic already. So check it out on Epitaph Records, epitaph.com. Harmlessness from the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die. Enjoy the episode. Then the fact that a politician has, uh, you can completely credit for your own punk hardcore I mean, it was the only all-ages punk rock show. So when I was 16, that's how I got to see Civ, or I got to see Madball, or Sick of It All, is right. because they played this venue that he started. <laughs> that he started. It didn't start as like a hardcore venue. It started as a teen center, right? And then some Which people the, got in the scene and started being in bands. And he always supported it. So uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome to kind of think that yeah, he started this thing and right where I started going to shows. <laughs> you were referencing some of the emails and the instances uh, that you get that kind of remind you why you get excited about doing your site and the show and stuff like that. Like, tell, you know, tell me the story of what the, you know, the band that approached you and was like, Hey, let's, you know, like let's debut a song or whatever. And like, oh, just, yeah. just those kind of instances, because I think those are, while those are really sm- quote unquote small and anecdotal, I think those are totally representative of the sort of like the sort of things that people get passionate about. And they're like, Oh yeah, I want to attach myself to this thing. Yeah. I think it goes back to this, the, it, the little things and, my goal for the podcast or the site was always just to have people remember and do what they will. And I think there was a time when the scene was like that. Things got bigger. Someone got popular. Everyone wants to be popular. Things got big, tour bus, that whole thing. I think the same thing happens now where if I help a band, I hope that they get big and do what they ever want to do. But it comes from the right place. It came from a musical standpoint. It didn't come from, well... We should get Marshalls, Stacks, you're going to get DW Drums, uh, we're going to get uh, things to jump off trampoline for our show, we're going to put a breakdown, like, come from 
a place of if you like you can like a pop punk band you can like a hardcore band but come from it the right place and that's what i kind of get off on and this band Aggy reached out to me and there it was the worst email i'd ever seen um it just was like horror hor- like it was just the worst promo pitch i mean right. it was like a it was like a 20 minute elevator pitch not a 30 second elevator pitch totally and i get emails every day from bands and i love hearing from any band i've heard from pretty much every continent um from people sending me music and I was like, well, let me just listen to it. Um, and it happened to be amazing. Um, and I re- wrote them back and they wanted me to like manage them. And I was like, I don't have time, um, but I'll promote the song. And come to find out a few months later, they got signed from my post on my socials and talking about them. And they got a booking agent and they quit their jobs. And now they're recording a record and they're on a label. And it's cool. Like then I'm like, I'm done. That's it. Right. Like mission accomplished. Yeah. Cause that. I think this would have happened in a different way if it would have been the CD at the show mm-hmm. going up to a band after and asking them to give them your tape, right. uh, those type of things. And they happen to listen to it on the van ride between Dubuque and God knows where. And they found them email or called or wrote them. Right. Uh, so to keep continuing that, uh, you know, helps me, you know, still, stay up until two o'clock in the morning to do this. Right. Right. Well, it's, it, and it, it's funny cause it's like a totally, the sentiment is the same. It's just like the delivery mechanisms change. Like that's all you want, you know, like the, the idea that, you know, internet is obviously so pervasive and it's so easy to contact people and everything else. But again, that's just the delivery mechanism. It's like, maybe it's easier to reach out to people, but at the same time, that genuine feeling that like you get or the band gets when, you know, you respond to them and it's like, Oh, Hey, let's sure. Let's do something together. Like that's fun yeah it's the same idea it's like i mean I, I remember how ridiculous this was where it was like i was in order to get taken signed i would send around seven inches to labels to get signed and it was like that's what got us the deal with goodfellow records in canada because he and but i was like i didn't make it easy for them i'm sending a fucking seven inch to yeah, them yeah. and it's like but then it happened and then you know the, the course of my life was changed because of that in the same way that that band's life was changed because you did that little thing for them and like you said that kind of um you know gives you that feeling of like oh yeah well this is like i am just a mechanism for not only expressing myself but then hopefully being able to like help other people and I and I'll backtrack a little bit because I think if uh, I think people assume that I'm just going to shit on bands that are a certain way, but you can tell instantly when I talk to someone or I talk to a band, and I'm not saying you have to do this, but just understand the context of a basement show. Understand the context of helping someone. There's a there's a sense of someone falls in a pit, you pick them up. Someone uh, has a zine, you buy it. Like <laughs> just these little things that I think sometimes when I see bands and it's just like, yes, you can aspire to be the biggest band in the world um, and hats off to you, but understand that there's a tact to it. And there's a, uh, there's not a rule book, but it's, it's just a, if you, if you, I honestly feel if you go about it the right way, the good things will happen. And if it's, if it's cheesy and you're doing it for the wrong reasons, no one's going to remember you. There are countless bands from Warped Tour and 07, 08. I, would pay anybody to list all those bands because oh, yeah. it, they're, they're not around a van store. That's not very far from my house. And I was shopping vans, for, the shoe, not just vans, a van right. store. Yeah, no, thank you for the clarification. And Anyone I was not, not sho- from the West coast right. vans. They, they, they sponsor warp tour. They sell <laughs> shoes, but I was, I was buying some shorts in there 
and I was looking at the wall and they had, you know, they were, they were promoting this year's warp tour. And of course they have all of the previous warp tours and it's totally like you can, I mean, of course the quote unquote success rate is, you know, you you can look at any list of warp tour and you'd be like, any Oh tour, yeah. Like any tour, other, it totally. could be anything. Ozfest doesn't right. matter, but the, uh, the warp tour specifically. No, totally. And they're just like looking at the list where you're just like, Oh yeah, like Bleed the Dream. Remember that band? Like, like all the, you can just go through these bands where it's like, oh yeah, and like not shitting on that band in particular, but just like, oh yeah, like you can see where it's just like, oh yeah, that that was, that was just a drop in the bucket, and it's like, but then obviously the bands that have the ability to you know live past that and beyond, and then still actually resonate with people. I mean, bands can have that that record you got together you know five songs you love blink 182 or you love all time low whatever the context is or whatever you were in i mean jimmy world's first record was a pop punk record yep and so but there's this evolution of this go into your own go into what you feel right about and don't do it because of a certain way and i just i hope i just hope that i just think the the churning of i just i'm not a fan of warp tour anymore i just think it lost a lot of that and a lot of people take that tour as what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's it. I think if you don't know where the basement show is, you're disconnected. Sure. Cause that's what's next or what's really happening or what people are really trying to that community. So if you're out there and you're in a band, find the basement show, find the kids that are doing those things, even making a zine, uh, right. doing it, doing a show, whatever. And, uh, do, do it yourself. Um, well, yeah, fine. I mean, it, it's just, the, don't it's, aspire to get on the Ernie ball stage. Totally. It's yeah, you I mean you you're gonna be severely disappointed if that's like your your stages in quotes, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> the but no, I mean the, the the point being is the fact that it's like, yeah, you 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 need to take those baby steps in order to get to that whatever level you're aspiring to, because it's like the notion of success is ridiculous anyways, because it's like once you're at a certain level, you're only going to want to get more. Yes, you know, of course. I like whatever it's I always think in my head where it's just like, do you think a band like Coldplay is like, God, I wish we could be you too. You know, it's like there's always going to be that next level. Um, but to start with those baby steps of like looking, like you said, at the local all ages venue or that isn't predatory because obviously you see so many all ages venues that are just like, Oh, Hey, we have like a you pay to play nights. You yeah. can sell 50. And that's like, don't ever sign up for that. Like you can make that mistake once you can try it out. And if it works for you, that's fine. But more often than not, it's like the worst experience for most bands, but it's like, just find your localized scene, wherever that may be, because at that point, then you'll be able to build off that and then hopefully build the momentum to where you can play warp Tour. And it is meaningful and not just like this drop in the bucket. I'm meeting more and more people that got that. And I just, I think I, I attribute the internet. I feel like things like we did not have Instagram and Facebook in college. Right. Thank the good Lord. Right. Um, or whatever God you pray to, or don't <laughs> right. pray to, uh, now, I mean, everything is recorded. Everything is there. And I think uh, for them to um, be able to look back and see everything and know that, I mean, I was just speaking to a band the other day and like his knowledge of old school was like better than mine. Right. And he was 23. Or excuse me, was he 24? 24. Sure. Are you kidding me? Right. That's amazing. Totally. And it was just because there's access to everything and you can dive into it. We had to order 10 CDs from Discord or Vary or... Right. Um, so I it, love that. They're almost more knowledgeable than we were. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, they're... they're I mean, yeah, the access is, is infinite as far as that's concerned. It's like the... 
And as, as long as you're obviously trying to build context within that knowledge as well. And like, obviously people, you know, that I know the person that you're probably referencing and like, they obviously are building the context with the knowledge as well, because it's like, there are certain instances where it's just like, you know, uh, whatever mentioning a label, like drive through records, like it holds very little relevance now. I mean, people generally know what it is, but it's just like, you know, if you mentioned drive through in 2003, 2004, it's like, it's the biggest label known to man. And then like, whatever victory records, people, you know, spit on it and say it's the worst label of all time. Now we're just like, well, the look 90s. At, yeah. Look at the mid nineties. Like that, you know, that the, was it, that, that was the thing. Um, and so it's like, you need to build that context into it and not just completely like dismiss it, you know? Cause I think that's when it becomes, um, when the internet becomes dangerous is when it, when the context is removed from it completely. Like, of course you're never going to be able to mimic the feeling of what it was like to be alive in that certain age or whatever. But of course that's, you know, we don't have the luxury of living in a past life yeah. or whatever, but yeah, the moment that you do, you remove context from it, that's when it becomes dangerous of just like, oh yeah, whatever. I, I, I know that shit, but it's not, it's not meaningful to me, you know? Because uh, people are always going to, I always find the interesting reference points that people have where it's like whatever, when they first get into music, where they, they pick that particular band, that that's like, that's what they define as punk or hardcore or whatever. And everything else splinters off from that, you know? So it's like, that's their origin point, you know, whatever you like you know, a band like Throwdown, <laughs> that's yeah. like a person's entry point to like punk and hardcore. And they're going to be like, oh yeah, like I, I know of Minor Threat. And it's like, well, like that led to, th like that led to down the road to where Throwdown could exist. But I did the same thing when the old guys would be like, you don't listen to Black Flag and like Cro-Mags? And I was like, no, I listened to Snapcase and right. Strife. Right, right, right. And, it, you know, because I they did, were, they, and they were around, yeah, like they were, they were, were tangible for you. Right. Yeah. So for these, I understand it when, I, you know, a person that I meet says this popular band was the band I really love and I still love them. I don't, I don't feel that that's bad. I just, I hope that if they're in this, if they're thinking about this aesthetic or they're thinking about the scene and to help it, I should hope that they look back a little bit or understand the, the context of where th that band maybe listened to. Right. Um, and uh, just, that was all it was all built. Right. It was all built on something. At this point, bands are not birthed out of like nothing, you know, like they're they're a pastiche of all of these other bands that they're into from like, you like, you know, I want to sound like the wonder year. Like, that's what you do when you start a band. You're like, I want to sound like all these other bands. And, and then, they're there. They can see them. Right. And then hopefully like in a year, year and a half, that band will hopefully sound different than what they did when they, you know, originally started trying to just rip off. But you just got me thinking on the point, like kind of what we were talking about, obviously like why you do your show and then like why, why I still feel so passionate about doing what I'm doing with my show is the, um, is, is the context. It is, it is the fact that, you know, whatever I could have a person, um, that is currently in a band, a young band contributing to the scene, you know, doing everything. And then a person who is older, who maybe isn't playing an active band anymore, but has like taken those principles that they've learned and are doing something different with it in their professional lives or whatever. Um, Cause ultimately that the context to me is just the most important thing. And it's like when you're trying to document something as large as an independent music scene, it's like, it's hard. But if you're just kind of being able to show those threads that most people have, regardless of whatever band, like I'll anecdotally show you the, like this random story where it was like, 
some of the most valuable feedback I got from like a show I did was like with um, Matt from Avenged Sevenfold, the singer of Avenged Sevenfold. Because most people look at Avenged Sevenfold, they're like, that's the worst fucking band. Like, you know, what I don't even, why would that have any connection to like punk or hardcore or anything? But when Matt goes through his story, it's just like, oh yeah, he was just like a dude that was into like Pennywise and like Blind Guardian. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he was able to like build it up to a point of where, Avenged Sevenfold was as, as big as they are now. That story is basically the same story as, you know, Kyle, the singer of Pianos Become the Teeth. Like, everybody has a similar story that's coming at it from the right angle, like you're talking about, you know? Uh, and so I think that's, it's important to showcase, like, kind of level the playing field that way. Because I think so many people look at, like, oh my gosh, like, this person's done so much in their life and with their bands or whatever. And, like, how am I even supposed to do that? It's like, well, you just do it. And I think the correlations, too, it's showing that. This band, you know, plays with an older or younger band knows an older or younger band knows an older band right. and they either learn from each other or the older band is now doing something similar, but learned from it and is now doing this in a different career. Right. You know, they've, they're now an accountant or they're now yep. doing something else or and they're they took something from it, but that aesthetic is still there and you can tell it's in still, and they learned. And I just hope that that's what bands take out of whatever that older generation. I hope that's, I just want that passed down yes. like regardless of, I mean, yes, I want emo to be remembered for not black hair and um, white course. belts. Right. Right. Um, but I want it. I want that, that, that aesthetic to continue through whatever scene and it's punk, hardcore, all those things are connecting. I think yep. that's that, the, those correlations have to be made. Totally. And I think it's one of those things that's, that's why, you know, I'm so passionate about your show. I'm so passionate about like what I'm doing. It's just because it is, it is, it's contributing. It's obviously, I mean, we're doing this, our sheer love for it. We'd be doing it regardless if there was like 40 people or, you know, 400,000 people listening to this. Not like any, not like we have those listeners, but we're just functioning out of the sheer love of what it is that we've been, you know, able to basically make our lives out of, you know, from like you working at record labels for years and me doing the same thing. It's like, we've all been able to kind of live in this weird music world. And it's just like, well, Hey, like you can, like you can do this and you can still contribute in a positive way to this as opposed to just like, I do feel weird to like people that like, and I'm, I don't use this disparagingly, but like just go to shows, you know, it's like, I, I know just because I know you so well, like once we started to go to shows, it was just like, Oh, what else can I do? Like how else can like, yeah, whether yeah. it's like starting a band or like you said, taking photos, like do a zine. Totally. And it's like the, um, the people that don't dive deeper. Um, those are the ones that are just like, well, really? Like what, why not? Like, why would you not want to jump headfirst in this whole weird thing. And, you know, I mean, that's... I mean, I think it's people take certain things out of it or yeah. they're going to the show or they buy the merch and they go home. But there's that... I always tell people, and I quote Frail, um, a screamo band, actual screamo band. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I, you know, quote that, make your own noise. And it's just... I mean, I always tell people, I'm like, you don't like my podcast or you don't like my site? Make another one. Yeah, yeah. Go... Right. Talk, talk what you, if you think that this is the most important thing in the world, do it. Right. Because there's probably people that are agreeing with you or don't agree with, just do it. Uh, it's not competing with me. It's not competing with anybody. Um, and, uh, I love it when there's like a new Tumblr and, or someone and they're posting about emo bands. I'll reach out to them. Hey, 
Good work. I love what you guys are doing. Can we do something together? Right. Um, the Couch King kids, these kids from New Hampshire, awesome Tumblr, super into like awesome music and get it. And I just, I reblog them. I'll like, just who cares? Right. Uh, um, that, and this gets into like, there is like a, I thought there was a premiere phenomenon with like my real job. And now every email I get is like, well, this band's premiering here and this is premiering. here. I I don't, what do you just, I get it. I understand why you need to do that. (laughs) Right. But it's, it just, it's, there's no weight to it. And I think that's that uh, present your music in a different way. Cause I feel that, that that was done on a on a I guess a speed like the things are moving so fast sort of like uh, memory yeah. you know it's like doubles every six months the totally. memory capacity and how small it is I feel like how things are distributed are faster and faster and faster and we're learning less less and less about each band right. as each year goes by I don't know what you think about that but it's like that yeah find a different way to sure do what you're doing and take advantage of it I feel like. It's just like, I'm premiering on, you know, absolute punk fan, fucking tastic. Right. I forgot four minutes after it ended. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, so it's, it's definitely moved. So, and that's what, like kind of on that same point, like the idea, like, and why I feel so passionate about what we're both doing is the, um, the fact that, like, these aren't hot takes. Like, we're not giving people a platform like you know we're not pontificating on like the past week's news like yeah the the shows i always my thing is evergreen i have people exactly like, hey why is my podcast up it's evergreen right you can listen to it 10 years from now and it's the it's same it's gonna be it just as relevant same. it's not hey, i'm playing a show on saturday totally that's my voice for a random person sorry <laughs> yeah everybody else is a radio announcer <laughs> whoa hey boomer in the nudge yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah that and that's a, that that's what i think is is so is so great about that just because it is it is one of those things that will will hopefully live on for as long as this medium lives on so it's like people can pop in and pop out whenever they want to find whatever meaning they need out of the shows that we publish and then that's great because then that will like, I mean, I honestly, it's like, I got an email today from a person who is like, you know, I love getting those emails and I'm sure you get them too, where they're just like, just found out about your show. I'm in love with this. I've been listening to all the back episodes for the past month or so. And just like, then, then they start to share like why it is so valuable to them, whether it's like helping them on the commute or whatever. And you're just like, wow, that's great. Like we, we, it went from a one-sided relationship where it's like a person just listened to you or I talk to them or a particular person to them now reaching out to be like, no, I want to establish a relationship. And that's when it's just like, Oh great. Now the, the digital, the digital fourth wall has been broken. Yeah, it's just- no. And, it, and it's easier. It isn't, it isn't, I, I love that about that. It's not a letter. It's not a phone call. It's easier for someone in Maine or yeah. wherever to email and, and say something and get an instant response. I had an right. email actually just today, of a guy he ordered stickers and he was in texas and i was like let me just send him a t-shirt fuck it let me just send it right um and i was a week late on shipping it i was like i felt bad so i put in a ton of stickers pins in this and he wrote me today and said he jokingly said the shirt didn't fit he's got a little extra weight around the side so the, my medium didn't fit him but he gave it to his 13 year old kid and his his kid asked what what's emo dad and he sat him down and played him American football. Yeah. And he told him to just listen. And for me, I was like, I could quit today. Right. I gave some. That was an opportunity. Right. Yeah. A, a dad is now passing on a term, a scene, an, a, an ideal, an aesthetic. The beautiful thing about it is that that won't happen again. That was before the internet took hold. Right. And yes, Scott was happening at the same time. 
God help us, um, right. you know, other things. But that 2000 was sort of when things broke, the internet, MySpace. For, like before that, it was, it, I don't know, that, that feeling. Um, we're, we lived it both. We lived Yeah, we were the last generation to, to live do both. both. Yep. I feel like maybe if people a little bit younger than us did it, but they had phones when they were in like middle school. I mean, I got it when I was out of college. I didn't have it for the entire time in school. I did not have any you know, communication other than a beeper. Right. Um, everyone laugh. Okay. We'll pause for the laugh. <laughs> pause. Okay. Stop laughing. Go. Um, but yeah, all I had was a beeper. I think it was maybe my sophomore year of high school is when I got a cell phone Holy and that was, shit. well, and that was because Ray I grew up in Orange County. I, yeah, and I, well, I also drove when I was younger. So I was, I was 16 when I was a sophomore. And so that was my thing because my mom basically was like, in case you break down. And yeah, so that yeah. was the, that, that makes was the, sense. That was the emergency cell phone. So I wasn't calling friends, but then I think it was my, the senior, well, what my, was the burner phone for drugs? What was that? Yeah. One? Was that a different number? I, w- I know. I know. I wish, I wish I could have, I wish I could have remembered, but, um, <laughs> I did so many drugs back then, but, it, but no, I, I mean, yeah, we definitely were, were the, the last generation to have lived both because now it's like, yeah, kids won't have that experience, you know? And it's like, whatever, you try not to be too, like, wishy-washy, nostalgia where it's just like, oh, well, I mean... It, it wasn't better. Yeah. I would have loved to have had Spotify <laughs> in college right. and be able to access all the bands and not lug 200 CDs half a mile to campus to play my radio show. I would have loved that. <laughs> totally. That was, it just, it wasn't there. And I think it's not a, I was sitting down at brunch and a friend of mine was on their phone looking up what photos the restaurant served. Right. And it's something that they always do. And you know, I'm pretty much like, what's the veggie burger or breakfast burrito? Let's just do this. Right. I don't have any. But, you know, this other person was like, I want to see what the plate was, blah, blah, blah. This, these older guys next to us that were drinking at 1130 in the morning were commenting loudly about how we were on our phones. Oh, yeah. And they took offense and said, mind your business. And they kind of were. Then they talked about how we told them to mind their own business. <laughs> And then we left and I, I swore. Um, but the moral of it was, is that's the same thing as the newspaper. It's that you were in your own world and that's just what was happening. And oh, I think totally. it, it, it's not a bad thing that people have their phones or they're doing things. It's just, that's just what it is. And um, I'm not nostalgic about that. Like it's, right. it was better. I would have loved to have yeah. Spotify. Right. All that access would have been rad. Right. I would have like YouTube. Are you kidding me? Totally. I would have had so many mineral videos online back then. Exactly. I would have like Washa Bima would have started back then. Right. You know, but yeah, <laughs> all, the, all that it would have done is like kickstart things a lot quicker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have had, I would have, I would have started Kickstarter. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But that's that. I think that I hate that some people are, you know, a lot of message boards on Facebook or things and they'll be like, you're, you know, this and that are angry to her. I'm like, no, I would have loved to live this back then. Right. Um, and I almost, I don't know. I just think there's a, uh, I just don't want to be the old man on the porch. No, no. Well, I, I honestly, I think and that, these new bands and I'm sure right. in the hardcore scene, the punk scene, it is unbelievable right now how knowledgeable and amazing the bands are. Totally. It's the reason I'm still doing it. If it was the same derivative twinkle core, right. I would have been gone long ago. Oh, totally. You would you, have tapped out. If like you, you didn't find those things that, that energize you and keep you engaged, the, essentially, we should have aged it out. You know, we should have, I mean, we are the old guys at the shows, like theoretically, because like that, the 14 to 18 year olds, that's going to be that age group. And like, that's what they're going to be doing for a long time. So like we've aged out, but 
there's definitely yeah you 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 run that fine line of of you know being overly nostalgic about your particular entry point or whatever um but i think as long as you do have that conscious thought to be like you don't want to be that old guy in the porch i think that will save you you know because but there's there's so many connections now i mean i remember i talked to top shelf i said kevin you would have loved 1997 yeah yeah and i would have loved 2011 totally um working at a label uh i think that's what's um really great about some of these bands and i think if you take away anything from this is that be really appreciative of the bands and the things that are happening now and 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 remember that feeling because in 10 years you're going to have a kid you're going to have a really dumb job or really you know it's just inevitable you're going to have shit go wrong remember those moments because it's going to help you continue on and and know that there's a kid somewhere that just picked up guitar or just figured out something or heard about a band through you or anything and it's right. going to help you when you get exposed to this world while it's obviously easier to get exposed to it now it's still insanely special we are still very much the minority like people the spotify is top 40 spotify is yep urban and those are that's the mainstream and there is still you think it's all over the place but it's not there's totally it's, there's more noise you for i i often forget like I, there are so many times where it's like I still were like, whatever. I, I was just on vacation in Paris and walking around the streets of Paris and like, you know, anytime you like recognize a band shirt, it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, that's rad. Like yeah, I saw a Rise Against shirt. It's like, oh, that's cool. I saw whatever. Like, I think I saw like three band shirts the entire week I was there. But then that reminds you where it's like, oh yeah, like I'm in a major metropolitan city that is very connected to everything within music. And I'm not seeing, you know, you're not seeing shirts all over the place. It's like, it doesn't feel any different than what it felt, you know, if I were to travel there in 2000. It's like, it, it's still very much a niche thing, even though more people have access to it. More people maybe know a There are more people name. listening to it than ever. Right. Uh, but it's at a different level. I think bands are sometimes, you know, well, my sales are only this. And I hear that a lot. And yeah. I'm like, guys, guess what? That should be one sixteenth of your thoughts. Spotify streaming, that is not your end number. Right. Your number should be everything. It's socials, it's touring, it's merch, it's it's everything. Right. And if you rely just on someone streaming or s- selling your record, um, then you need to pick something else. Right, right. You, you, you need to not be a five-piece band. You just need to be a one-piece bedroom musician. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the, the Paris thing. I was yeah. in Ikea and there was a kid with a Coalesce shirt. Yeah. And... All I could get out was fuck yeah, dude. Right, and he knew exactly what I meant, totally. and he was like, "Thanks, dude." Yeah, um, he like it was just yeah. <laughs> it's it's still it's totally that it's that weird. That's all I could get out. Too. Right, I didn't even I couldn't even get a nice shirt. I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, dude!" Like right. he came around a corner. It was really quick, but I had to say something. Of it was course. coalesce. Right, yeah, and that and that's the thing where it's like there are definitely varying levels of like like oh wow like if you see a misfit shirt it's not like you're like oh dude we're bros for life but it's like if you're seeing like two or three levels sea level oh yeah that's when you're just like oh dude like you know like you know about that obviously like you know what's up so yeah there's definitely until your heart bleeds cave in era like then you're like oh all right right right, right. probably until your heart stops until your heart stops but same thing it's okay as long as the breakdowns are happening I don't give a shit. How bad was Jupiter? I this is well. This will be a digression, but I loved it when it first came out. I adored that record. Do you like you, you revisit it now and you don't like it? No, 
still. Yeah, I tried. It's just buried. I tried a couple weeks ago at the office, and I was like, "Ooh, I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get off this." Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what it was. I I think I I think partially because of um, I saw them on the Creative Eclipses tour when they it was like them and ISIS, and when they played that the Luminous song. I was like, oh my gosh, like I see where they're going. Like, so Steve's not going to yell anymore. Like, this will be cool. And so I was all keyed in. How many I, kids were yelling songs from the earlier stuff? That was unbeknownst. Juggernaut. Yeah. They were still, they were still playing one or two songs because that was like, whatever, 99 or 2000. Oh, right, yeah. They were still playing. So they were still playing a few of those songs. But um, I want to say that they may have played like that big riff song. So, like the heaviest song on Jupiter, I think it's track three or something. Um, so they were playing that song. So it was kind of like, they played Luminous, the first song off that Creative Eclipses EP, which is like slightly heavy. So I don't know. I was I, I felt like I was keyed up to like Jupiter. So, but I'm just I'm shocked that now you would listen to it and still like not. No, it did not age. Okay, it did not age. All right. Well, it's okay. You can't you can't win them all. Time. I mean, I love the band. I just yeah. it's I was yeah. like, come on, guys. No, no. Wasn't I it on RCA too? Uh, antenna. Antenna. Maybe antenna I hate was- Antenna. Antenna is. I hate antenna, antenna not is, Jupiter. Okay, yeah, yeah. Apologies. It's okay. Hey, anyone younger than twenty five, you can wake up now. Uh, we're moving on. <laughs> you don't do the fourth wall. Con- no, no, uh, I know. I, I, yeah, no. I typically, I, I typically do that maybe in my intros, but yeah, the fourth wall, I like it. I like it. I mean, yeah, you're able to bring people in. That wake way. up. All time low. If you're in gym class now, right? <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the episode. Uh, I just want to mention again, this episode is sponsored by Epitaph Records. They're so nice to me. They're so nice. Epitaph.com. Uh, they're in California. They have a beautiful office. They don't They don't have to worry about weather. I mean, what's not to love? So this episode is sponsored by Epitaph and the release Harmlessness from The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. If you haven't checked out that record, please, please do. Uh, it's one of those records that took me about 12 listens um, and I hope you enjoy it. Listen, Epitaph.com. We're going to get back to the episode. Ray and I are going to talk about a lot of things, including Screamo, and you're going to learn uh, that we have very, very, very serious, serious thoughts about it. Enjoy. The question I, I get asked, I wouldn't say a decent amount, but like people do ask me, it's like, well, how do you, you know, still like care? How do you still engage? Like besides the fact that like obviously both of these things are us paying attention to music is tangentially related to our jobs. You know, like we're paying attention to it. Because it's in our professional interest, but then also we're obviously in love with the music stuff. And I get paid for it. Right. Oh, you're talking about the emo stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't yeah. get paid for that. But you, but even even rightfully so, like you paying attention to obviously independent music will inform yes. your knowledge. Anyways, so I mean, I guess simply put, it's like how, how do you respond to people saying like how do you stay engaged? Because obviously the older you get, the harder it is. Because like of all those things you're talking about where it's like kids, life rent everything that gets in the way of like not even so much going to shows but just being able to like consume new music because whatever that study that they did a few months ago where it was like the certain age yeah like 33 people stop listening to like new music or whatever so yeah like i don't know like how do you personally is it just the fact that like you have an access point so people do present you music that you can get excited about or how do you yeah, do it i've done this in my career and it's sort of a, a thing i love keeping in touch with people and I think it transcends to music where I will always be nice to the interns because they'll be my boss at some point yeah. or they'll work with me. So be nice to the interns. Um, and it's worked out where it's worked out where radio stations that I used to call that were like really small are yeah. now. One of them's my accountant, you know, now uh, right. one of them works at Apple. 
Uh, like there's just these things that, and it's not at thinking, well, one day they'll work somewhere. It's like, no, oh, yeah, just, yeah. just be good. And, and that's turning into where with the site, people are sending me bands every single day. Right. Um, and I listen to them. I listen to every single band and I find out where they're playing. I find out what the venue's called. I, I look at the other bands they're playing with and I start, I, that's what you did at the, I always say this, the back of the CD, you looked at sure, who yeah. they thanked. It's the, right now that's what it is. And that's how I'm staying connected. I'm, I'm learning about venues in Brooklyn that just open up or venues in California, wherever across the world there, or there's a scene happening. I mean, in 2010, I was getting sent bands that sounded like Mineral, or 2009, right. and Philly was blowing up. Right. If it was Algernon or if it was Snowing, all these bands were like, I was like, what is going on? And I had to dive in, and yeah. it was from a random email. Right. So that's how I, I stay in touch, and every day there's a new band, and it's like, I just want to hear more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a kid getting a, a, a shitty guitar at Guitar Center today totally. and is working on something. I want to hear it. Totally. I mean, because I've, like you, just have always paid attention to music. And regardless of like what my actual job was, I've always had to pay attention to that particular music scene, like independent music in general. Even when I was working at a metal label, I was still listening to, you know, indie rock and emo and everything. But it was like, I, I think where it kind of like really sunk into me was kind of the generational pass down where it was like, you know, title fight, balance and composure. Like once those bands started to play in the, you know, whatever, late 2000s, that's when it was just like, like these are kids that are like kids, but are aping bands that were way before their time. And that's when it all kind of was like, oh yeah. Like even though I'm growing older, there are young kids that are like, like you said before, like, you know, doing it the right way and like being able to kind of make their own sound, but taking these influences from bands that they never would have been able to see or really have access to before the internet. Um, but that's when it kind of like all crystallized to me where it's just like, Oh, like, this is exciting. Like, like you said, there's new bands starting up that can be really successful. And I think what made it even more exciting was the fact that those bands ended up resonating with kids and they're obviously extremely popular now. And that's when it's just like, Oh, like the music scene isn't doomed. Like people do like good music, you know, where it's like, as opposed to getting lost in like the, Oh man, it's so like all these new bands are terrible. Cause I think a lot of people fall into that category. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. I think a lot of people will just discredit it and, um, I just think there's a, I just feel like if I, if I meet someone and they say coalesce and they don't say misfits, I'm going to have a different reaction or yes, they might have an amazing uh, recollection of eighties hard or punk and stuff. But right. for the most part, if you, someone says that there's this instant of understanding of you get it, or you've, you've done enough research where you've peeled back the layers of music. Right. Um, and I think that takes a different person it's some people just want to hit shuffle on pandora and whatever spits into their brain that's fine sure um and i think there's there's more to it and i love that when a music listener takes a minute to to do that and that's what those kids had to do right they had to figure out what was before them and they got they understood it you they got the sort of aesthetic totally and it wasn't even like at least i never got the impression that it was like obviously like calculated <laughs> like there's no way that someone could have looked at that that music scene, whether it was like, you know, Philly or obviously like, you know, uh, in, in Doylestown and like all those other areas where it was like, no one ever was like, oh man, this is going to be really popular in a few years. <laughs> like, no, no one ever could no have one predicted that. Yeah. No one ever could have predicted that. But then now that it is, it's like everybody can retroactively be like, oh yeah, well the, it was totally ripe for the picking there. It's just like, no, no one could have figured that out. Like you never know where 
these certain pockets of music are all of a sudden going to be because it's a it's a it's a song it's a band it's a that's what that's what starts yeah. something and influences more people and uh, and that how did that happen a community I know we're probably preaching to the choir a lot but I think if there's a there's those key things to kind of take away of that, that it's actually really important to just have that community of have someone to speak to, have someone to connect to and talk about, yes, you can talk about music, but we've had discussions about relationships or we've had discussions about life and like shit that matters. And if you have the base of this music, there's this level of understanding and trust and you can move from that. And I think for a lot of people, you need that. I connected to the straight edge scene or the hardcore scene because of that. Totally. There was someone else to talk to. And I think that's what, if, if if there's any reason to go find your basement show, it's that. Oh, absolutely. You you get plugged into a community that is like it's such it's shorthand. I call it because it's like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you someone's always ready there at those shows to tell you more. Totally, you are ready to be accepted for whatever it is you're showing up like. Like that. I mean, hopefully, like as long as you're obviously going to the right show. Like, and if you're not, then don't go to that show again. But yeah, there's there's that. People are always looking for for like-minded individuals. And it's like if you're showing up at this place, it's you've likely done the work. And it's like, okay, well yeah, like sure. Like, oh wow, you, we go to the same school. Like you start to be able to pull all those those similar threads and you start to be like, oh yeah, like that's a thing. And that's like you like that band too. And there there's drama, there's girlfriends, there's boyfriends, there's bullshit. Always. Always. That's what that's how you get the music. Right. Um aside from that, um, you know, there's some people that I met in the scene and I just like I can I can call them right now. We can call them right on speakerphone and they pick up on the first ring and it's right back. Get, take, make that your, your, your friends. If music is important to you, find that, find those people because in 20 years from now, I mean, I had someone from a band and they just happened to be in New York once and they were around for two hours and I saw them and they had like a really they had some really bad things happen if it was a divorce and all this stuff. But I just knew for those two hours, they were so pumped. Totally. Not just to see me, but just to reminisce and talk. And I think uh, I almost like that. That's almost more meaningful than the music. Sure. I don't know if that's really weird to say, but like no. I almost uh, – we're going to be hard of hearing and not be able to hear. But I'm in 60 years, we're probably going to still hang. Of course. And that's, that's all that matters. No, totally. It's that it, – it, there's no greater truth than that. It's like when you do find your your group and community of people. That's I mean, I I can't. And this ta- this could be books. This could be computers. Totally. It's like it. It's one of those things where it's like it it blows your mind how connected like we all are from that perspective when it comes to like music. It's like I mean, again, I'm going to reference my parents' trip where it's like I was in a. a a vegan burger joint over there and then ran into a dude that was like oh like like you're ray like we played a show that we were able to connect and it was just like because uh, because i was wearing earth crisis shirt he struck up a conversation with me and it was like those are the things that uh a lot of people in the quote-unquote real world aren't able to like genuinely experience like you know you could you could show up on my doorstep in california and be like oh yeah it's sleeping my couch that's fine um and even if we haven't met each other before you know and it's like that that again that shorthand of just like oh like my mom always thought it was hilarious that i would go on tour and be like what do you what do you mean you don't like know where you're staying i was like oh yeah someone will give us a place to stay <laughs> and it was like wait what like you're just gonna stay in a stranger's house of course why, why, why wouldn't i do that and it's like well yeah because they're at the show and they're gonna welcome us in their house and like that's that's what you do but it's like yeah those those things pays it forward to where you keep in touch with these people 
And it's like, oh, wow, like I've known you for 20, 25 years and all because we went to some stupid show together but at some point and yeah. we were nice to one another and it's like it's just so it's so weird <laughs> that's able to like all trace back yeah i mean but that's the those are those connections and that's the it's the correlation it's the the time difference and the years go by and you learn things as you go and you've looked back and you know there's things that i think about now and i'm like i was a fucking idiot right um but that's okay <laughs> right you know and that's okay and uh, all you can do is sort of hope that you're giving something to someone younger than you and they listen to maybe one-tenth of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and not a preachy way, but more of like, hey, this is a cool idea. Take something from it. Totally. Well, because you need, when you're when you're younger and just getting into something, you need those proverbial weirdos or gatekeepers or people that are just like handing you information. You're like, I don't know what to do with this right now. Like, I don't know if this band is like, I guess this band's cool. Like, I, I, I think I should be into the Dead Kennedys. I think I should be into this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just because I saw this logo on the senior's backpack or whatever. It's like, you don't you don't know until then you start to absorb it. But you need those people because otherwise you're just like, you know, you're adrift. You're yeah. adrift in the internet. I found, um, I was, when I was doing my radio show in college, it didn't, the, the signal was only 500 watts. So it hit the, hit the, uh, the um, highway for two exits um, <laughs> and then hit the local town. Come to find out, I found out later that these group of high schoolers were taping my show and they were like super into it. And it, we got to be friendly enough where I would go pick them up at their houses and go to shows. So literally Tom's coming over to pick up a high schooler. You know, that sounds like a, like an right. after school special. <laughs> totally. Um, what not and to then do. ends with jail. Right. Um, but no, it was like, I picked them up and like, we'd go to shows and I'd drop them off. And, and I, I had a tape of all the latest stuff or a CD and I would play all the latest stuff and it was it was like uh i didn't that's when i was like oh my god this is actually connecting with people or yeah. um it was pretty exciting i think that was probably the first time that i kind of realized that people were listening right i didn't think anyone was no one listens to college radio right right well and the, yeah you don't realize like the uh, no one's gonna listen to this right I mean, right <laughs> totally and if you're still listening congratulations the, all time low right the weird the weird that's my alarm clock by yeah. the way all, all time low well it's a different band but yeah i mean just to say, say something that you're not expecting oh okay great i see it's like a pavlovian response like what yeah. oh okay yeah yeah the uh but yeah just like that that i have no problem again i'm sorry i have no up. problem against the band i'm sorry you're like let let it be clear let it be clear for the record hopeless records all time i love low. hopeless right i love hopeless records there you go see you're fine you're fine i love hopeless the the ripple effect of like those those little things that like when when you realize like even when you're like you know 19 years old and going to shows when you realize that like someone is like looking up to you in some weird way you're just like oh wow like you, you don't have you're not going to have perspective on that at that time but then when you do start to like retroactively look back on that it's like oh wow like i guess that was important that you know i wore a, a neurosis shirt on stage like <laughs> because then then that kid randomly got into that band and then that set their life on a weirdly different path like it's jail just a, yeah <laughs> jail jail or or, or crust punk life you yeah, know crust like, punk life right right I think they're working on St. Mark's at the smoke shop <laughs> or just being super into the Oakland Raiders. Cause that's, yeah. that's what, that's what those guys are. You, you brought up an idea that I think could, could book into the show very nicely of the, uh, the appropriate definition. Well, I wouldn't even call it definition, but just the, uh, a proper discussion on screamo in general. Yes. And I, I think if anyone wants further context, listen to the first Jim Atkins interview that I did uh, he talks extensively about this. Um, I forget if someone else does, but he gives an interesting um, description of it. But 
it would just be great, I think, with Ray here um, and uh, Ray representing the um, the party of hardcore. Sure. And I will be representing the party of emo. Uh, or, or we could do West Coast, East Coast. There we go. West Coast, East Coast. Right. I was just thinking more. It's like it's uh, it's it's more like political parties um, just because they're yes. everywhere, not geographically. They're sure. everywhere. Fair, fair. Um, but I think this would be great to sort of explain what it is, where it came from why something's called that or not. I mean, I started a site just to help this. <laughs> to help the appropriate definition. Is this right. com was, was inspired because I was sick of Screamo bands being called Screamo that weren't. <laughs> right. And so that's why this is there. So I just gave context to why we're doing this. <laughs> Which is perfect. That's exact. No, that was, that was a perfect lead up for it. Yeah. No, well, I mean, you, you further explain the idea. So it totally makes sense. It, you obviously, if you'd go up to your average... 15 or 16 year old now, like obviously that word is, is appropriated to, you know, they would call like pierce the veil screamo or like we came as Romans or like something like along those lines, they would define that as screamo. Like I wouldn't even know, like if you were to play, you know, Sasha and pierce the veil next to one another, like, I don't even know if a kid would even be able to like, well, first of all, listen to Sasha. They'd be like, I don't even know what that sounds like. <laughs> I just didn't, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to begin to explain the context to a kid of like what the actual appropriate definition of the word screamo is. And another example I think that would help is uh, Rich Egan from Vagrant mentioned this. He said, I don't understand how someone makes a connection from Hot Rod Circuit to Black Veil Brides. Now, I understand that the time and place and people have told me to um, relax, but I don't see the connection. And it, turn, it turns into screamo, but also the word emo itself. Right. I think those are sometimes interchangeable that someone sees Black Veil Brides and says emo or emo, that screamo. Right. And I just, I don't see the correlation to Seisha or I don't see the correlation to Hot Rod Circuit. Right. Um, if someone wants to write into us and tell us why after we speak and you're angry and you're yelling at us right now, that's sure. fine. But just, I don't, I don't know what, if how you do the correlation. I can't see it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so, it's, it is so far removed that like, cause basically to me, it, it's just, it's an offshoot of what a 15 or 16 year old kid uh, would call Screamo now. It was just a simple offshoot of like what, you know, the, uh, like what I would define as like metalcore, you know, it's like once bands like, you know, after, you know, whatever unearth begat, uh, you know, devil wears Prada, like once that's changed, started Atreyu. to happen. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Atreyu you on earth. I would put in the same category. And then once that kind of started to splinter off into like being, you know, mega successful, it's like obviously once rise records, you know, started, but I, I think from that point, that's when it was like, there are band, these bands are really, really heavy. And then once the band started to incorporate clean vocals within that context that's when i think people started to be like oh that's that's screamo like uh, i think that's the only like logical leap that i could make in my mind but I, yeah but i i wouldn't to me that i mean it's still a tough lineage to be able to like trace down you know yeah i just i wonder i'm really thinking about this with a clear head and i'm not my usual angry self sometimes about sure. this but is it the <laughs> If someone told me about Black Flag back in the day, I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, I wanted to listen to Strife. But sure. listening now, Strife, Strife sounds like it is 1992 or right. 94, yeah, yeah. whatever the hell that was. Right, right. Uh, and Black, Fans, Black Flag sounds even more dated. Sure. So is it because it was recorded better? Is it because, is it is it that it sounds old and... 
Oh yeah, I definitely think a lot of that. Like a, a lot of the a lot of the stuff where it's like whatever. Uh, I just I recently went to uh, Arizona to watch like Chokehold Creationist Crucifixion. It was like this random old guy hardcore festival in Arizona. Speaking um, of falling down, right? Sorry, I won't fall. Sorry. <laughs> I won't. It's good. But it's like you know Chokehold. Uh, I mean, every single one of the recordings was. Uh, the worst. Did you know one of their CDs? Everybody out there that still has CDs or doesn't right. know what that is, <laughs> you put it in a player and you hit play, and it's like if you skip. Short for compact disc. Short for compact disc. Uh, they're one of their CDs had two tracks. Yep. And they were twenty six minutes long. Yep. Yep. Brutal. And in the freaking things had like interludes and i remember i had a radio show and i used to have to forward to get to the song and i remember like the disc drive always fucking up and like it always played like halfway through the song and and it was like yeah can't you guys put freaking yeah that was intentional that was 100 intentional canadians exactly i totally think that's the the, it's a very appropriate way of looking at it where you're just like that didn't correlate because of the sound yeah i mean i think it's it's one of those things where it's like it kind of you know, for all intent and purposes, like I would kind of define the sort of original version of Screamo as it were in the early 2000s is when that started to fade. You know, that's when bands like whatever, Neil Perry, Joshua Fit for Battle, Hot Cross, yep. all of those bands started to not be able to play, you know, because it's like that. I mean, that style of music wasn't sustainable from a touring perspective. Like I would point to the most successful, like Hot Cross was probably the band that had the most quote unquote heat behind them from like an industry perspective, you know, where it's like, okay, they were putting out records on, you know, Equal Vision or whatever Dan side label (laughs) of Equal Vision, Um, which what was that called? Oh, that's going to that's going to bother me now. They were doing a lot of high profile touring and it was one of those things where it was like if there was a shot for a band of that genre, they had it. And like I know that they the reason I'm speaking about Hot Cross so much is like they would always stay with me. And so like we'd always have really long conversations with like and Greg Drudy, the drummer of Hot Cross, ran level plane records. And so like he had been, you know, and he played in Seisha. So it's like he's lived this world forever. And so the fact that like he, the band was like really wringing their hands. I'm like, dude, do we sign with equal vision? Are we going to get too much shit for that? And it was like, Oh man, like this scene isn't sustainable. You know, it's like the, uh, whatever cut off the nose, despite the face. It's like, if you're going to get mad at a band for trying to like become successful, it's like, it's, it can't last. And so that's why honestly it started to basically just fall apart at the seams in my opinion. And that's kind of why probably the term just kind of flew to the ether and then it got latched onto to where it's at now. Well, what year did that? Because there was frail policy of three. And I think right. if I could give a, a sentence and I've said this on a podcast or I've written it, if you want to ask me what the definition is or to tell I can tell you if a band is not, it's that if they're playing, you think they are going to combust at any moment or their instruments are going to break or they're going to break down. Yep. And that's what the term emo sort of came from is that these bands were so expressive on stage, either if they were playing or if they were, they were so into what was happening and the, the sound was, it was at the point of breaking, but didn't. Yep. That's what Screamo is. And now that's not a lead into a breakdown. That's not a lead into a chorus. Right. It is, the moment that this song feels like it's going to fall apart, but doesn't. And they keep that in between. Totally. No, I, I couldn't, I couldn't put that more appropriately. And you saying that there's a, there's a band, there was a band from, um, uh, like up in Northern California called Yafet Kodo. They put out a few records on Ebullition and it was like that your description of that is exactly what that band did, where it was like, 
they stayed they they played songs obviously they were average between two to three minutes but it was one of those things where it was like there was always at the precipice of just being like oh my gosh like wow he's actually like he's singing pretty well but then his vocals are pretty strained and like it, it fell into that that world that exactly what you're talking about where it's like at any moment it the, the whole thing could go terribly wrong but it doesn't and yeah. that's what it just it captures that moment yeah, it's that they they had it under control, and there it wasn't it wasn't falling back to what bands and this is always happening. If it's you know a certain band isn't popular, and then one isn't after, I get that. You know, the should the Get Up Kids have been bigger? Should Boyz Fire been bigger? Maybe. And there's a band after them that were more popular. I get that. The right. point of this is that the the bands that were doing this were making music that I think connected it was it was it was really emotional i mean yeah. they were talking about things that was serious there was a uh context to it totally. with um things i just think they that's what you took out of it and i i took from that really heavily when i was going to shows yeah. and i saw these bands yeah. and i go that's what i want to sound like right um and it just seemed like they uh yes there i never thought that it really wasn't sustainable um uh, i think you know there wasn't really a you know, I mean, yeah, there was bazcore or if it's like thrash metal, like there's only so many times, totally. you know, you can copy anthrax yep. um, or bands like that or ex- ex- Exodus or those types of things. There's right, only right. so many. Didn't think I knew about metal, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you? You surprised everybody, Tom. I think that's what does make it special, too, where it was just like it, it was that very finite era, you know, that timing of, of these bands existing and being able to like just even being able to function, you know, or it's like a band like reversal of man. There's another great band from Florida. It was like, they, they put up two, two records, maybe like one split. They were able to do like a lot and say a lot from like everything that you're talking about as far as like, you know, have context, like have political messages and like being able to like give control to not only the people listening, but the, to them as the band. And like, yeah, it was just, it, it is a shame that it was like that. The scene was so, um, judgmental from a success standpoint that it was like oh man oh yeah no as soon as was it 400 years or any of those kind of bands um those you know they would get big and then it was like i mean there was a festival that wouldn't book um equal vision because they thought it was a major label yeah and it was distributed by an independent right um that Yes, had it was just those sort of the, that was prominent. Like if you had any inkling of touching a major label, it was like, sorry, we're not booking you, dude. Same ebullition distro, like you know, I mean, a, a purveyor. I mean, they put out Yafet Coda records. They've done a lot within the con- they put out Policy of Three records. Do like, you want your band to keep going, right? Like, good lord, totally. <laughs> and they, I mean, they would not specifically. They were a very prominent independent distributor, and they would not carry records with barcodes on it. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those, but like, you know, whatever my 17 or 18 year old self was like, dude, that's so rad. Like, that's awesome. They're making a stance. But then it was, it was definitely just like, oh, well, but you could have like, there were still bands that were putting out records with barcodes that were still doing the right thing. Like you shouldn't, it, it definitely was an, uh, an era of blanket rules that shouldn't have been, it's like, oh, maybe just take it a case by case basis. <laughs> And the problem was too is that those were gatekeepers. Yeah, there was not a uh, there was not a, a countless display of YouTube videos and Spotify. There was there was gatekeepers in media and gatekeepers in magazines and and I think for for bands, 
it was stressful because you, just like you said, hot cross, not thinking they needed to equal vision because it, at that moment, they could have been not on a tour or not on a certain thing. And to them at that moment, it may not have seemed big, but it was totally that was in that moment. That's what it was. You deciding to update your Spotify profile. This was that kind of, it could have you updating your playlist today, which is how people listen to your stuff more. If you want to know, update your playlists a lot. Um, that's that 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 was a big decision no totally and it 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 is crazy because it's like you would i would look at a label like level plane where it's like you know i mean greg put out god i want to say like 160 170 releases so many like you know put out i mean so many seminal bands not not only that specifically fell in the whole screamo category but it's like you know put out envy records and like i mean you could there's nothing that that label didn't touch within the context of that that scene. And it was like, if Greg was putting out records starting in like maybe 2010 of that same caliber of bands that sounded like that, the label would be, you know, j- just as big, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, obviously, like just as big as like Run For Cover. It would be mentioned in the same breath because of the quality. But it was just like, it was just a timing thing where it was like, oh, wow, like that, that stuff wasn't... Um, it was popular, but not as popular. It's like, you know, if page 99 existed right now, it's like they would, they would probably be very popular. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's, I love that. I love kind of, it's like the, you know, would, would Michael Jordan beat LeBron James in one-on-one, right, which right. is, he would. He would. Um, but, you know, thinking of putting those bands or those labels in those time frames, and I'm, I love that we get to do that because that means that it's risen to a place that, it, they're great and people have remembered them. And I think it goes back to our sort of last, you know, the, it kind of comes full circle where it's like doing that, doing what you believe or doing uh, or connecting with those things that you feel is right. Then it's not like you need to be remembered. No one will be um, uh, in the grand scheme of things, but your, <laughs> right. your, uh, uh, your connection to it, the community, the making, making friends of that out of it and, and doing something toward it, then you're going to, you're going to have an impact. Right. Um, if it's, if it's not that, then maybe there's something else to do that you can you know, right. contribute you can to. Maybe music's not hang out on Netflix or something. Right. Totally. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's other things you can contribute to, you know, yeah. I mean, listen to music, buy stuff. I'm not saying not to, I, I don't want to seem negative. I want to see more. There's so much opportunity and there's room for everybody. I wish everyone did a zine. Yeah. There's enough bands to talk about. Totally. I wish everybody in a zine, if anyone doesn't know, it's paper um, and you bought it at a show at the end. If right. you had $2 and the seven inch was three and you only had two. Right. Um, that's well, seven inches are $6 now. What? And yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Seven inches are $6 commonly. Yeah. Holy shit. I know. That's why seven inches are the worst format. I don't even buy them anymore. That's irrelevant though. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, and well, not, they, not, not even so much the cost, but it's just, it's, uh, I just hate having to flip records so much. It's like, yeah. Okay, I put well, here's my thing. One side of twelve inch. Just do one side of twelve inches. I remember working at the Equal Vision merch booth. I forget what year because it would help for the context of it. I yeah. wish I could remember. <laughs> but we had vinyl for sale, and I remember um, a couple people at work were like, "Let's not bring that much," because I was like, "Dude, let's bring Converge. Let's bring Saves a Day." Sure. And we had some out, and kids picked it up and thought it was calendars. calendars. I, I knew you were going there. Yeah, it's so it was. I and think now it, yeah. it's. Putting it on your shelf and actually not listening to it. Oh, of course. Or you are and you got a record player. Awesome. Thank you. Sure. It doesn't sound better. But uh, if you, um, it, at that point, I mean, it was, that's when all the vinyl places were going out of business. It's just, it's funny. I, I mean, 
tapes are back. I was at yeah, Rough yeah. Trade and there was a tape oh, section. Yeah, yeah, which is the worst. Please write in if you have a tape player still. Yeah. Um, maybe your car does, or your mom, your grandmother's car. Well, there's um, a, and because the thing is now is doing limited edition tapes in the same fashion as the, what you do for vinyl. So it's just like, oh, we're going to do a run of 100. Because now, because vinyl is so difficult to press, that it's just easier to do tapes. What's next? I know. I, 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 there really cannot be a format. I mean, CDs. No, no, because that's not gone yet. Yeah, CDs aren't technically gone yet. I mean, it's like you obviously can't do Laserdisc. You can't do 8-track because it's like there's no um, there's no like explanation for those, you know, because it can't be like 8-track can't be cheap to produce at this point. Like, mm-hmm. and who would even produce those anymore? And Laserdiscs, like, I mean, those were never really popular for the music format. <laughs> so I don't know what format would be um, nostalgic enough to make sense. Books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> paper let's let's end this thing with i know we didn't discuss this before but i i know you'll probably be able to they don't need to be definitive but maybe like two screamo bands that you kind of you regularly go back to that you think could hold up to like a, a, a person listening to you know maybe devoid of context would be like oh wow like that like that sounds good frail okay they're on Bloodlink at at that fest in arizona i met that guy He's a very strange character. Very strange. Yeah, I'd say yeah. frail. Um, Pre-Ink and Dagger. Yep, Spectac- Pre-Ink spe- and Dagger. Spectacular band. Um, and um, Policy 3. Okay. Those are, those are very East Coast things. I appreciate that. The two bands that I would recommend would be uh, Neil Perry, uh, just because I think sonically their recordings are, are immaculate. Like Because one of the guitarists who I've lost touch with, but he uh, he actually used to roadie... Or he did sound with um, Circus Survive for a while. Josh Dabrowski was his oh. name. But anyways, he yeah. uh, uh, he rec- I think he recorded most of the Neil Perry stuff, and it was wait the the tech guy for Circa. I don't know if he did tech. I think he may have done sound, but he I don't know. He may he may have contributed. He's tech. got a beard, right? No. Well, it's been. I mean, I haven't seen him since like two thousand three. He he was in he was in Joshua Fit for Battle. He was in Hot Cross for a little bit. He was in all of those bands. He also played Neil Perry as well. Okay, but anyways, Neil Perry. They put out a discography on Level Plane. That's relative. I'm fairly certain is streaming on most, uh, you know, on Spotify and everything else. But yeah, that whole discography is really really good, and it sounds good because like that's you know like we were talking about where it's just like oh wow like yeah it sounds, sounds like it's dated yeah right <laughs> sounds like it's recorded in a basement. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, yeah, it's in Neil Perry, and then. Like I mentioned earlier, like Yafet Kodo, um, their records are still pretty accessible or pretty easy to access, um, and their recordings are good enough to where you're not going to be too bummed at it. But they had they were just so beautiful. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know any other way to describe it. And it was also weird just because they were well, not weird, but uncommon because they were like a multiracial band as well, where it was like the singer. Uh, the singer oddly kind of looked like Wesley Willis, which is strange. But um, as far as like he he didn't obviously act like that or punch people. <laughs> but he uh, so, yeah, he just looked, uh, I guess, unconventional for what you would imagine like a screamo band to sound like. Um, and so, yeah, they just had a lot of interesting things going on. So, yeah, Yafa Koto and Neil Perry. Those would be my two uh, two go to's. All right. There's I, your quiz. I know. I think we, I think we've done this, Tom. I think we've done something. I, I wonder. How, I wonder. Yeah, I just. I hope everyone stayed with us for the for the long haul. I wonder how many eye rolls happened. But there's probably a few. There's probably a few. That's it's fine. okay. We That's will. Fine. Well, I mean, I didn't roll my eyes at you at all. So like, I think we're we're good in this room. 
but if you, the listener, are rolling your eyes, I apologize. And if you really want to check the band, including all of these bands, go to isthisbandemo.com. Yep. Uh, you can check out um, for uh, if the band is emo or not. Um, Proper definition of the term. Yep. If It's just, you'll be better off. No, um, it's true. And it'll be fun. Yep. And if you disagree, let the council know, um, and someone will get back to you. Yep. They'll take it into consideration. <laughs> Perfect. Nothing to rearrange. Sometimes you just get a feeling like you need some kind of change. No matter what the odds are this time, nothing's gonna stand in my way. It's flaming my heart like a long lost friend. Gives every dark street a light at the end. Stand. Hello, Washed Up Emo fans. Thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years, or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And for this current episode you're about to hear, I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. Also, reprinted volume one so you can order both. Check out the DIY publishing at anthologyofemo.com.